Silencio Podcast. We're talking Luca on today's We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and just like fucking go for a splash. I forgot to write something off the top, but that's okay because <laughs> we have two guests who, uh, boy, we connected over our love of uh, uh, Pixar movies what, like seven months ago, like right after Soul came out. Uh, But I knew when we had a new Pixar movie, I had to bring them on to talk about it. But they're the hosts of the Rank Bank podcast. It's Dan Getz and David Primiano. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, It's great to have you two on. Uh, Like I said, uh, this is uh, the newest of the Pixar movies. This is Luca. Um, So first... Like, we got to just talk Pixar in general, because I know all three of us have our master lists of uh, Pixar movies. I think, David, you 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 did put Luca in here already, didn't you? Uh, yes, I, I I got my letterbox thing now. I, I finally got on letterbox so I can just update oh, right. it. Welcome. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, it's a great, great thing. It, well, maybe not a great thing, but it's a thing I use a lot now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of fell off the bandwagon, but now that things are opening back up, I'm like, oh, I want people to think that I'm cool for the movies that I choose to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but then I opened it, and the last thing I've logged is Mitchell's versus the Machines, so I, uh, I don't think I'm fan- getting a lot of cred. Fantastic movie. Great movie, so though, good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, but yeah, so like we, do, I guess we don't have to fully reveal uh, where Luca falls in here for you guys yet, but I guess just like going off uh, the bat, uh, like uh david just because i uh i think you pulled up your letterbox like what are your top tier uh pixar movies um i think the top tier i have okay well i have monsters inc first inside out incredibles finding nemo soul original toy story and then that's probably my a the my my s tier is s how they yeah, write i believe it? okay I believe it's yeah. S tier. Ah, these these kids yeah um <laughs> This one I have at nineteenth of twenty three. Okay, uh, I don't know if you uh, am I jumping the gun. You're you're not <laughs> jumping the gun. Even though, wait, hold on. You said twenty three. I have twenty four. Either I have a movie on here twice, or there is a movie that you refused to rank. Um, <laughs> I like the ranking, alternative. Yeah, <laughs> as a ranking podcaster, this is, that is egregious. Well, wait. You. Oh, you're right. Because there was twenty two. No, there was how many was there when we ranked it? Twenty three. Because Soul had just come out, we, so that was like the new no, one. No, we didn't do Soul yet. because oh, we, we, were, we were right before Soul, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That, that would make sense. With, yeah. yeah. We texted each other about it on Christmas. That was our big That's Christmas right. Play. Yeah. <laughs> we were all texting like, you guys watching this? And you guys getting really emotional about this? Yeah. I, I watched that on Christmas and again on New Year's Day. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, I watched it on Christmas, and I remember... Um, not having to sell it, but I was with my my boyfriend's family, and it was that thing. Nobody was making a decision. I'm like, look, it's weird for me to suggest like the family movie, and we're all full grown adults, but like, why not? Because <laughs> I forget what the I think it was either this or Wonder Woman eighty four was like the other Oof. Christmas release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm watched glad. both of them. I'm you know, well, I'm Jewish. You are too. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. have any Christmas plans. <laughs> so. <laughs> With exactly. movies closed, um, I 
soul i thought was i i was watching it and i loved it but i was also thinking is this that good for a kid i don't know where a kid would latch on to it but i i I think it's good if there's a conversation starter in there anywhere and you can like start the conversation with the kid but i don't think the movie itself is like something you can fully present like present as like yeah i can just imagine like some dad watching it with their kid and being like huh i feel just like joe you know i could have been big (laughs) yeah Yeah, if not for you i think i think it was more for people pursuing an art than anything i I think that is true the uh the kind of one-to-one of that is hard to ignore but also as soon as i stop watching that movie and i'm just thinking about it 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 all falls apart for me like i don't i don't know what it is like i when i'm watching it i'm enthralled and it is beautiful i've seen it three times now (laughs) but as soon as i'm not watching it it just feels like nothing happened to me it was the first movie where i've ever said during the movie I want to blow my brains out, but I was, <laughs> but but I was enjoying the movie. Yeah, like I'd say, say in a good way. way. In a good way. <laughs> I know. I'm saying, yeah, it's the first one in a good way. I wanted to blow like the movie. Like other times, I'm bored. Like, oh, I gotta sit through this entire thing. I want to blow. Otherwise, like, no, this is, huh? Pursuing an art is stupid, and I've done it for a while now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah. also like. him teaching like high schoolers that looked like legit fun and more fun than just like i signed up for an open mic this wednesday and i'm like i why am i doing that i could just like (laughs) i could like join take a class or something yeah right Um, (laughs) uh, what what about you dan i what i forget what your kind of s tier uh pixars were my my big number one far and away is coco and it it probably will remain that way i don't think anything will really touch it but then after that it's the toy story toy story 3 and wally were like the rest of my my top tier yeah well this i if i remember correctly this was the controversial thing because i put wally as my number one and david didn't you put it as your your last i trashed wally i called (laughs) it wally i called it an animated short that they stretched out for 90 minutes yeah i'm I'm going off memory (laughs) and i don't i don't specifically remember my rankings but i would guess it was four or five like top five because i'm I'm probably i'm probably forgetting something in the mix here but yeah it's definitely up there for me well i i have like the big thing where i i'm the guy that's like you know i think ratatouille is probably the best because it's the most underrated and people don't talk about it but that's become such now a conversation that like no one cares anymore. As, as soon as people started liking it, I was like, "I could cool. I can check out. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done my job." <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but Luca is the newest. Um, it's by uh, like a first time uh feature director. So yeah, um, yeah. The director is uh his name is Enrico Casarosa, and uh, before this, his big thing was he directed the pixar short la luna which was that uh italian one similarly 10 like, years ago yeah, yeah. Movie <laughs> it was attached to but um it was like this little boy and his dad like climbing a ladder to the moon and they yeah. like sweet they swept it to make it like a full moon that's cute, cute. I also, it, was, it was um i don't it was brave yeah, i don't know if i oh. yeah hand him the keys to a feature right after that personally but 
Well, I think he's one of those uh he's one of those just guys that's mm-hmm. like only worked for Pixar or only worked for okay. Disney. Plus yeah. They, yeah, they had I, like two yeah, two directors. One of them was on Epstein Island, so he had to go. <laughs> and then they had yeah, a few voids to fill or something like that. Yeah, hey, I wait, pulled it out. <laughs> wait, are you talking about Lasseter? He, yeah, I forget I his think, whole thing. <laughs> he, no, he was on the flight logs. He was just like, he made Pixar like a living hell. It was like a, a real oh, harasser. And yeah. I think. Where did I get Epstein Island from that? I mean, you're yeah. probably yeah. stones throw away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, all, that all happened around the same time, too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what was it? Yeah, he. Uh, I think that was also the reason that, like, um, Rashida Jones wrote a draft of Toy Story 4, but then I forget if she ended up actually seeing it through to the end because she just hated Lassiter so much. Hmm. She's she's listed very, very low on the story by credits, so I, I would guess she didn't make it all the way through. Damn. It's a it shame. Made, yeah, I think I remember seeing it in that that on in the credits, though, and being, ah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> we love Rashida. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, but this kind of continues the trend. It, I mean, we're talking Toy Story four. Um, I feel like this, uh, this movie, Luna, Toy Story four, um, and Soul, like the animation now has gotten to a point at Pixar where it is, it's flawless. It is so good. Like oh, I cannot yeah. believe how great they've gotten at their their shit now. Like. It's photorealistic, but now mm-hmm. with Luca especially, they're just like, oh, we're just not even going to try to make it real, like, photo real. We're just going to, like, have a lot of fun with textures and, like, the water is, I mean, itself beautiful. I, I feel like they made a water movie just so they could kind of do their little victory lap of, like, well, the, look, uh, at, look at what we've accomplished while you guys have all been just kind of squandering all your opportunities around Wait, us. Raya was all about water, too. Well, so that's Disney, had, that's Disney just had Disney, just, not Pixar. Did, I haven't yeah, seen I, it's Pixar, I know yeah. it's not. It's not Pixar. I mean, I'm just saying it. They uh, were they trying to keep up with Disney. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit. Also, this movie isn't tremendously original, so that would kind of fit with that. Yeah. So I have not seen "Call Me by Your Name," but people make the clear draw to I, it because it's like two. Yeah. Two, I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, young lads uh, that wear short shorts and have adventures involving bikes in Italy. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah. It seems. I mean, it's the Pixar kids version, kind of like <laughs> it's a lot of the were they obvious, people? Yeah, the the obvious stuff is kind of not there, but it's it's still very much that in this movie. Like, yeah. Well, the honestly, the weirdest part about this movie for me is that like when the credits rolled, I I was like, oh, that felt fast, and I looked at Disney Plus. It was an hour and twenty four minutes. That's like. I feel like that this might be the shortest Pixar movie. Yeah, I, mean, I remember seeing it was listed as like 95 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. So they just really padded out these credits because like that movie was just over. Yeah. And I, it could have benefited from being longer, too. It felt, I don't know, felt incomplete. Like, I, I, like the stakes never felt too high to me. They could have. Right. Which, in a way, I kind of appreciate that it wasn't like a hangout movie, but it's, it's not this like whole quest around the world. Like everything takes place within like three miles of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I gotta imagine, and I couldn't find a lot of details about this, but that because they produced a lot of this during the pandemic that like, they just couldn't make it as long as they wanted to. Cause the, um, the actor that plays, uh, Alberto 
which is Jack Dylan Grazer from uh, like the It movies. Yeah, that um, kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was the crippled kid in Shazam. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That okay. Is true. Um, but like he had to record all of his dialogue in his mom's uh, closet. That was like the big headline when this movie was coming out. Oh wow! So it's got to be something along those lines that like whatever we can't make a full movie. Just like let's let Jim Gaffigan and Maya Rudolph throw water at kids. <laughs> I did like that scene. That was probably <laughs> yeah, that was that bit. was yeah. The, I mean that, that was the yeah. only real bit like. The only the, the, the rest only, was just the plot, and that was very thin. <laughs> the only two things that made me laugh were that and the first sighting of, and I'm allowed to use this slur, Dago Cat. I've been affectionately calling him. What is? Oh, wait, Dago, what is that? Dago Cat. You know, just the cat with the Italian mustache. Like, oh, okay. You know, the must, the first sighting. I was like, okay, this is probably going to be my favorite character in the movie. I that that feels Nick like Offerman. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like that that cat's another one of those things. It feels like something that in most Pixar movies you would see more than twice and it would be something like the cat doesn't pay off at all. The cat's suspicious and then great, the cat's suspicious. That's yeah. the whole thing. There's no payoff to the bit. Yeah, that's true. I like that's the thing. I'm trying to give this movie a lot of credit because um I figured animating from home or whatever, like I think Soul just missed the deadline for the pandemic. They might have been mm-hmm. tweaking things, but this one I think like production was right in the middle, so they kind of had to. But yeah, like, um, I gotta assume that there are all these parts taken out. Like, and I was t- I was telling Dan right before we started that, like, I don't think I can watch or p- see like premieres of Pixar movies at home. Like, I need to be focused in a theater. And like, God, the crowd. I can only imagine how the crowd in a theater would have lost their goddamn minds when they like shoved that kid into the ocean oh my god <laughs> it's 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 weird that the disney's doing the 35 dollar thing and the simultaneous theater releases with everything except pixar yeah and it doesn't it, make sense to me because pixar's always been synonymous with quality it's always been a big money maker i don't know why they're getting shoved into free release i'm, I'm appreciative of it i i yeah. have a feeling that onward and with luca that they were kind of happy that they got to do that with those that they would have kind of had a good dinosaur reception if people like rushed out to the theaters and got to see them but like Mm. soul i guess soul's just in the middle of the pandemic they didn't have a choice but like Mm -hmm. i feel like soul is the one when you have two in a year soul is the one they're pushing onward is the one that just kind of happens but yeah, they had, I mean, they had others released during the, like Mulan, that came out during, and that was still the $35 thing. Yeah, I mean, I, so, yeah, I, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm appreciative why, I got yeah. to watch it for free. I would never pay $35 for a movie. No, no. no. Um, At home. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, David, because like, I, I was reading a little bit that a lot of Pixar personnel are frustrated at Disney because uh, like this is the third release that they've just put on disney plus and like i did hate at the beginning that they have the little disney plus original insignia because like nah, yeah it, it definitely like put a damper on it of like oh no this okay it's just like a disney plus thing okay yeah and i i think like because uh, uh disney is trying to do its own animated movies like they have the uh their rye and the last dragon they have this um like movie coming out this fall that kind of looks like a mitchell's versus the machines type thing like it's uh like uh, a boy has like a robot and uh he's he's like glitchy it's kind of big hero sexy but okay. okay disney i think is trying to 
now take back some of the animation clout. So now, like, they're trying to almost slight Pixar. At least that's what it feels like. And it, it, it's shitty. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, this, this movie is perfectly solid. Like, um, not to give all my cards away. Like, I won't tell you, like, the exact place that I have it on Letterboxd. But, like, I put it in between the first Toy Story and the first Cars. Like, this movie, I think, showed a lot of promise, and I enjoyed my stay in the universe. Um, But, like, you know, we all know the heights that Pixar can go to, but we also know the the kind of pits of mediocre sequels that they can also produce. And, uh, like, for, even though it feels a little bit contrived of an idea, like, it just felt super unique. Like, uh... A Pixar movie that doesn't have a lot of like talking things that can't talk, you know, besides mer, mer, mer people. people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you know, it's uh, like the stakes are so small, kind of. Like, sure, people on this island are obsessed with killing sea monsters and stuff, but like the the set piece of the movie is a bike race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, but like, that's it. I, that's. Oh, sorry, I've seen on, a dude. lot of like the like Miyazaki comparisons and a lot of the reviews yeah. I was reading, and that actually kind of makes sense to me. Like that that that's kind of where they were trying to model it off of because it's not as straightforward of a story as it seems, and like the little bits are just so kind of quiet and contained that like it it has a whole life to it despite being very small scale. Yeah, you feel that everything is kind of, like, thought out and, uh, like, everything it does feel lived in and there's a lot of explanations. Like, when the uh, sea monsters, when the mer people like, come on land, uh, they automatically have, like, a seaweed, like, bikini on to cover <laughs> yeah. themselves up. And I'm like, that's, that's like, a great little gag in a bit. Uh, but, David, what, what were you about to say before? I don't remember. Great, uh, That was uh, one of the, uh, the that was... Okay, that was actually a pretty them coming on land for the first time. That was a pretty good sight gag. To uh, just trying to walk for the first oh, yeah. time. That the, was the a, lean, lean into it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, um, "I wrote down this quote because I thought it was just great. Stack everything on top of each other That's, like a yeah. pile <laughs> of rocks." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if I'm a kid learning to walk, at least I got something out of this movie because that works. That's true. Also, I can relate to this movie because during the pandemic, I just like Luca learned how to ride a bike. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It feels really great. But, but yeah, uh, but uh, again, coming back to what Dan said, uh, yeah, like Miyazaki, uh, everybody has been saying that, that it's kind of an influence. And even uh, the director himself said that he was really inspired by a lot of like classic Italian cinema, which I don't really. Fellini was thrown in there and I'm like, yeah, the Fellini worlds are usually at least a little bigger than this. Like, right. Um, they're, they're experiencing something. I thought this was insulting to Italians, honestly. <laughs> a little this bit. movie. If Italian triathlons that they had was, is that a real thing where they bike, swim, and eat pasta? And it's not. I couldn't find anything about that on the internet. <laughs> so I'm, they I'm just, surprised Disney, yeah. being Disney, they didn't like make that a thing like three years ago. And then they were like, look, it's always been a thing. It's just a tradition. We were just doing a thing. <laughs> Like Coco explored the the heritage that it was like it had took place in so well, and this one I thought was just like okay Italians they eat lots of pasta and they have big mustaches, 
And that's pretty much what we're going to say about Italians. Yeah, they, uh, they, yeah. they hit that nail real hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was just an excuse for the, the animators to do like a five-week vacation in the in Mediterranean. Just oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- we could totally make a rock look like that or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, watching this movie, I was like, oh, I think I kind of get it why some like Italian-Americans are like super into Italy. Like, this looks great. Oh, I want to go to that place for sure. I don't know. You got that one, the one douchebag guy rolling around. Why is everyone so scared of that? That's dude? what. That's another question I had. Yeah, they yeah. never explain. Like, does his dad employ everyone? That like that. That's a one-off line they could have just thrown in there. Yeah, they, of course. They never explain. Ercole Visconti. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. That's the, why I called him that dude. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, if I say the douchebag Italian, that's normally a broad statement, but it pretty much sums up one person in this movie. Yeah. Well, it was also weird because his whole like persona and character design kind of reminded me of um, Skinner from Ratatouille, like the mean chef that's yeah. like looking for Remy. Mm hmm. But at least I they gave was... him a story and a reason. <laughs> like, this I guy, it, everyone's yeah. like, Oh, he won a bike race and owns a Vespa. Like, oh no, he can do whatever he wants now. Mm-hmm. I thought it was John Turturro for for a while too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I do though appreciate that. Like, the stakes of this movie are small, and like the big thing, like you know, it's the classic Pixar thing of like they want to explore the world and see it, but also at the same time they're like, oh man, I would just love to have a Vespa and just like be able to <laughs> yeah. go around. Um, it it's also hard though because um obviously Disney also made the Little Mermaid and like yeah. a lot of it is the same of just the Luca. whole first third of this movie is the yeah. Little Mermaid. He wants to be where the people I... are and then uh the uh God, I can't remember the other kid's name. Alberto has his whole area where it's just filled with like human trinkets and like, guys, you can't do that again. Yeah. Try. Try different. I don't think this came close to the little i mean the no. little mermaid made under the sea feel so alive i was so disappointed by the sea monster world i know it's supposed to be a boring place that you want to but like i don't remember i couldn't tell you like a single like creative thing they did except maybe have like a jellyfish lamp in the places <laughs> but like i was just so bored because because pixar is usually so great at creating worlds like mm-hmm. like the afterlife and and coco and and the whole monstropolis like it was just so blah didn't well, do anything unique well and you touched on a good thing that like i honestly didn't think of with how like coco they did so much cultural research and yeah i'm sure that there's like a labor of love with this production and the director himself is italian but yeah i would love i would have loved more like um folklore related to like these sea exactly. monsters because like it's so cool to learn about how different societies view different versions of the same monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like last podcast, I mentioned the golem, like the a giant mud creature that's like basically Frankenstein. Like, I would have loved something more like that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's yeah. so many opportunities in this movie for there to have been more, and like you wouldn't even like you wouldn't need to have added more movie to it either just kind of fill in the corners like mm-hmm. there's just so many empty empty spots and like the the only thing i can remember at all from him being under the water is when his uncle pops up and like 
Like, oh, good, that's a quick laugh. But then, like, with yeah, what a it. wasted casting that was. Yeah, right. you Sasha literally, you have Sasha Baron. I guess they figured, oh shit, we fucked up by not. We gave him ten seconds, so we'll give him post credits too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did fast forward because I'm like, of course there was going to be a post credits, but apparently he he might have had a bigger role at some point, or he was just like. Let me do a bunch of different takes for you and just did whatever for three hours. And Pixar was like, Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that, that whole character is such a, I mean, it does, that, that kind of feels like a, like a Studio Ghibli thing, too, where like you introduce a guy who's going on a chase and then the, the chase just withers out because the plot is solved around him. Yeah. Have like, him go with the uncle, maybe. You know, I mean, I guess, yeah, in a, in a, non-pandemic world they might have had him go with the uncle show how miserable that is like, and like show he us escapes the state. uncle yeah. gets to the surface and then the parents are like well we have to find him he's our kid yeah we shouldn't have yeah left. also i would have loved to see sasha baron cohen's character i don't know if he was technically also a, um, a mermaid like them but to see like his oh what he would have looked like sure surface, yeah <laughs> He's that just kind of like awesome. Coach Steve from Big Mouth, just like hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, there I, needs to be a director's cut later on down the line, man. There, right? There's <laughs> got to be. I I'm sure that in a few, on, probably in a few weeks when this podcast is released, there's going to be conversations and like storyboards of like, oh, we actually had a lot more, but we ran out of time, or pay, or Disney was like. We just want this movie now. We we don't really care about it anymore. Um, but yeah, like it's this movie, like Miyazaki, it also has a cartoonish, like almost Looney Tunes feel because like the characters are squashing and running all over the place. There's like title card jokes. Like the the boys are in the lighthouse with all the human trinkets and there's like one hour later, two hour later title card jokes, which yeah. Like I've I've never seen that, and like, it, it, as disappointed as I felt with parts of this movie, like, it did feel fresh. Like this is not Pete Doctor again. It's not um, Andrew Stanton uh, yeah. again. Like it's a completely different guy with a completely different sensibility. Yeah, like all the criticisms I I do have it or have for it don't really hold too much water against me actually just really enjoying it. Don't hold any water or you'll turn Boom. into a... <laughs> oh, I don't want to be a merman. It was charming. I mean, the, the the relationships between the characters were all nice. It just... I mean, almost my complaints are just plot-wise. Really, but yeah. I'm not saying... I mean, it's... I don't think there's any Pixar movie I wouldn't... Enjoy, like, I just flat-out hate. Well... Like, I enjoy watching them all to some level. But like good dinosaur, I I talked about it on your podcast. I yeah, I'm never going back. I tried twice, could not do it either time. I even got through Cars too, but um, (laughs) that movie is so bad. And like this this movie does kind of bum me out because it's it's like infinitely charming and it's a just kind of a beautiful thing to look at. But it's the first time where I felt that about a Pixar movie, but don't feel like I'll get anything out of watching it again. Like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot hidden in there for me to find on repeat viewings. No, but I, I think I do want to watch it one more time. First of all, because my partner didn't see it, and I think he might be interested. Because I was telling him little bits, and he was very charmed by it. Um, <laughs> but I need to just focus. Cause, uh, so, context. Uh, when we were scheduling this episode, um, I just started a new job. And this past week, 
I was working a shift from 2.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> Last night, uh, when I watched uh, the movie, was the first time that I didn't have to go to bed at, like, 6 p.m. So I was, I was like drunk with tiredness so i oh, feel like sure yeah I, and i th- i'm pretty sure i got everything out of the movie but i don't trust my brain from last night a hundred percent reading my notes like i'm tickled by everything that i wrote and i'm the movie sounds <laughs> so lovely from what i wrote down i think that's the word for it Lo- like it is lovely it is a lovely movie but like yeah i eh, I, I don't have that it's much not more to- than that yeah i i saw it i'm not I didn't. Oh, there it goes. There's, there's this amount of time of my life. I mean, yeah. it's fine. I have no, <laughs> I have no strong feelings towards it. No, we also yeah. haven't talked about uh, the the character Julia, who Alberto and Luca meet, and that's how why, they kind of why? get into this. Uh, this I guess race. they have to they get in the race, but came why? in and stole her dream from her. They never really. She didn't really get a happy ending. She no. was the one with the dream she... of winning that thing. But then she got to go to school and teach yeah. Luca all about was, outer space. She was that's always true. going to go to school. That's true. That she had a friend. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Do we don't know matter anymore? <laughs> do we know much about her outside of this town? Does she have friends already? It she has a the... single parent who well, makes no, really ha- good food. She has. Uh, she has her dad who lives on the island, and then I think the dad lives on. the Oh wait, island she was going to school because that's where. Yeah, yeah. And fishes yeah. to support her. And her mom, who lives, I guess, somewhere yeah. more inland. Yes, uh, that is. Yep. And similarly, uh, like, Pixar just knows how to write little kids. Just like, uh, they toe the line between, like, really hacky jokes and, like, actual endearing childhood obliv- obliviousness. Like, it reminds me, she reminds me of in Finding Nemo when the little kids are talking at the stop waiting for, uh, the, uh, Mr. Stingray or whatever, and the the kids go like, my dad says that I have a, 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 a H2O intolerance, and the other kid goes, my dad says I'm obnoxious, and like <laughs> that kind of same energy I think really goes through, especially um, with Julia, and like she she does this little catchphrase where she says like Santo mozzarella or just like anytime that she exclaims <laughs> yeah. it's a different More cheese. A different cheese yeah <laughs> <laughs> such an offense if I was offendable oof this movie <laughs> but <laughs> you know what we should replace the statues of Columbus with a statue of, of- Julia <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that yeah that actually yeah. sounds really nice yeah <laughs> or the- uh, she's done was- as much to deserve them yeah, so. the- the dad was an endearing character too. Yes, I, he like had that. Uh, he's you know like a a big tough guy. He has one arm from birth. Like it's not even a horrific yeah, thing. He's like, yeah. mm-hmm. I just have one arm, and uh, he's like very quiet and contemplative, but just still really loving and like fun. Yeah, yeah it's it's Which, those moments too, like the like his arm being just gone from birth. That like that's what makes this feel like there's something like really good happening in this movie that like a lesser movie would have made the more obvious, like sea monster battle choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I love that it didn't, I, I really do love that it didn't do that. Well, it would have been a lot harder for him to warm up to them finding out they were sea monsters. If that were the case, I'm guessing Yeah, well, that, like, that, that would revolve they... a lot more. Yeah. A lot more backstory for him or, or screen time. Yeah. For him to come full circle on that if they were the responsible for him missing an arm. 
can we talk about the like the world real quick because i'm i'm confused because the biggest difference i think between luca and the little mermaid in terms of how the mermaids are is that the mermaids and luca straight up just like eat fish like they they are predators it's not like little mermaid where they're all kind of friends (laughs) in the ecosystem like luca and alberto help uh uh julia's dad catch huge swaths of fish oh yeah remorseless well like, do they, they have they did not care they were not bothered wait the fish don't talk like i mean the fish are basically just animals to them they're they're, they're sheep uh, yeah that's, earlier. that's true they're, they are yeah. hurting them yeah that was like the one good the one like you were uh talking about david like the one like actual kind of world gag that they did under the, mm-hmm. the ocean um but yeah that's that's really true but it it's also confusing because you know, if you want to believe all the fucking Pixar fear or whatever, like the so like maybe mermaids because they're straddling the line, they can't really interact with and empathize with fish in the same way. Well, fish talking or wait, the fish do talk in Little Mermaid, right? I have to revisit this, but they yeah, flounder yeah, they talk yeah, yeah flounder yeah, they talk they all talk. I mean, it's a lot harder to eat something that can beg for its life. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You, you cannot Alleg- deny that. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told by yeah. the people I'm not eating. <laughs> um also, so I uh, another wild thing about this movie uh and relevant because uh we we ranked all of Pixar together a while ago. This is the first Pixar movie not to have John Ratzenberger in it. I did have that in my notes. Yeah. No, yeah. Gen- um that that has to be a pandemic. There thing, might right? be. Like, he's probably got recording equipment in his house. They all yeah. do, don't they? All the voice, <laughs> all these voice actors have a little booth. I, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, also he would. He did not appear in Soul. Uh, they said that like his likeness oh. was in a background character. Um, oh, but not his voice. Oh, I, no. I read. I thought he did like like maybe like a one liner from an extra or something. Oh, maybe he did. I. It just like if I don't you, think was confirmed. It was like either uncredited or it just like was not really thing. Yeah, if one of you wants to look into that, but well, if you put Luca in Google, well, first you get a basketball player, but then you go back and spell it right. Yeah. It does have a picture of him. Like it is the first thing that comes up. Yeah, I did that. I feel like it's just like automatic. Earlier. But yeah. like I didn't hear, I didn't hear like an Italian guy be like, "Hey, why are you a sea yeah. monster, right?" <laughs> yeah, or something like that. So uh, in Seoul, in Seoul, he plays guy on the subway, and it's uncredited. Perfect. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So well, he might pop up. Yeah, that's that's what people discover later. Yeah, but also the the uh, Enrico Casarosa, the director, said that um, he wanted to start a new tradition by having Pixar animator Peter Sohn, uh, and he was one of the uh, henchmen. And he wanted Peter Stone to make a voice appearance in every movie. Okay, so that, that's going to be the one to look out for going forward, possibly. So Peter Stone also uh, apologies. Uh, first of all, he was the voice of Squishy in Monsters University, and he's he's had voice roles in okay. I think a lot of the recent ones, but he was the one who uh, who got a story credit and directed the Good Dinosaur. Oh, poor guy. Oh, he also he also voiced Emil in Ratatouille. I forgot. That's like his big one. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, which one was Emil? Uh Emil uh, is uh Remy's older brother. 
okay yeah all right yeah he i mean that's that's just additional voices guy that's not john rat like john ratzenberger has such a distinct voice right i, I like that tradition but i mean hey He's in they his seventies too. Like, yeah. it, it, so they have uh, they start they're, they're they're planning for his death by phasing him out. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> I mean, use like yeah. old uh, Cheers clips, just like some yeah. like Toy Story five in twenty twenty seven. It's just like, hey, Normie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely him. gonna be on that that Monsters Buzz. Inc. show that's coming because um, he's the abdominal oh, yeah. snowman so like there's no way that that's not going to be well that's like oh that. uh, that's a sequel that's a sequel to the movies and i guess i saw billy crystal and uh john goodman john, john good goodman. yeah wow that's a that's the one i forgot yeah they're both uh, they're probably going to be they're pushed to the background they'll probably pop up in the first episode and we've seen in the commercials every line they've had already yeah oh, it's one of those kind of shows <laughs> well i'm trying to think did the abominable snowman have a redemption arc at the because monsters university you get like the context for why he was banished but i don't remember if I, at the end they were like you know what you can have a job you served your sentence i i feel like because they made such a big part of them in in that movie that they had to have done something like that. But I don't remember Monsters Inc. for like it might anything. just be a retcon um, thing. They might just yeah. be like, I'm yeah. Bad. Is there a post credit scene where where he? I, I mean, there there is a changing of powers. But well, Walter Noose is just in charge of the Scream Factory. He so well, he got arrested. Ousting him, yeah. So ousting him doesn't get people banished that's the jailers who would do that i don't know i don't know their i don't know their economy well i mean what is monsters inc if not a story about like reform i mean it really is that is the core of that movie yeah uh wow we got deep here yeah (laughs) uh also there's a like just to talk a little bit about some of the sweetness in this movie so i wrote this line down at the very end because the the movie ends with uh uh julia taking luca to the mainland to go to school with her because he like loves learning and he wants to learn about the world um and his family they're kind of worried about him uh and they think like you know because this island there were people that wanted him dead because he's a sea monster what are the odds in the real world and the grandmother says some people won't accept him but some people will and he seems to be able to find the good ones and like ooh, I, I got I, I got a little, little little teary with that one. That was nice. It's a mm-hmm. good line. Also, uh, yeah. the grandmother is Sandy Martin, uh, aka um, the Grandma in Napoleon Dynamite and Max Mom on Always Sunny. Oh no way! She's awesome. Surprise. Um, oh, I, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I can't remember Napoleon Dynamite because I I don't even know if I made it through one viewing. But I... that's for another. I thought I was the only one. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't I think it was that good. I'm a I was a weird defender and fan of the animated series that they made. Okay. That was not bad. Yeah. yeah. I never I, that guy to me cuz he did other mo- he did Nacho Libre and and Jared Gentleman Hess, Bronco. Right? Yeah. yeah. He he seems like a, a low grade Wes Anderson and I also don't like Wes Anderson. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, yeah, I think like his, yeah, I I feel like he, what he tried to do, people like Greta Gerwig and Noah, uh, Bombach, Bombach. Uh, Bombach have just done 
a little bit more successfully. But yeah, it definitely he has a lot of that uh, Wes Andersonness in him. Yeah, yeah, and that's an acquired taste that I didn't acquire. Oh, I get but, it. Yeah, I, I'm a fan, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, totally. Like I watched um, Fantastic Mr. Fox a while ago for the first time, and I was like, eh. It's funny. I, like I, I've shown that to a couple people. Like. This is one of my favorite movies, but I will not be upset if you don't like it. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just I grew up on the Roll Dahl books, so I was kind of a I was I was very upset that he's the one that got it. Although they all kind of get butchered lately. Well, with, Roll with Dahl witch, books. I mean, witches. Yeah, witches is that what you're talking about? Witches, yeah, witch, witches and, was dumb. And, and Tim Burton's Chocolate Factory. Honestly, I don't like Tim Burton's okay. Chocolate Factory. I think it's like it's so weird, but like. I feel like if Roald Dahl was alive, he would have been like, yes, it's as weird as me or something. Yeah. He would have been, been all like, fuck yeah about it. Like, been well, like, probably, you yeah. cast too many Jews in this movie, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can get over it. <laughs> um, but uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on uh, Luca before we kind of go into the ratings? Um, fine. Okay. Well, let's see. Yeah, I have, I have plenty. Let's see. Here, <laughs> uh, jerker every Pixar movie has one. I don't think this one landed. I think they, they kind of saw it coming from a mile off. You knew the dad wasn't there. You knew you would have seen him before that with all the talk about him. That was like their big attempt. Didn't, didn't land on me. Well, I think, I think the bigger tearjerker, I didn't cry this, but I was like, I definitely felt something was when, um, Luca turned on Alberto and like pretended and like, was like, Oh my God, you're a scary monster. And like yeah, that one, that one did on get me. Yeah. That, like they I both mean, walked away from that scene. Like, I Ooh, think we, we didn't do good there. Well, I think I felt a little less bad because he was being kind of a dick in that scene. He could have just kept it under wraps still. I don't know. Yeah. Legit. Um, the uh, also, I, I understand the dad accepting him, but I, that's probably another missing scene that this is a whole town that wants to kill sea monsters and they all accepted it right away. And I know why they like they they showed them endearing themselves to the dad, but they didn't show they missed a scene of them endearing themselves to the rest of the townspeople as the human kids that made them accept it as the monster kids. Yeah. Well, again, I guess like, like they everybody was so happy that that snot nosed guy got beat, but still, it's like we need a little bit more. Like we mm-hmm. need to, like you're right. We need to see like his sway in the town or. Just yeah. something that he's like yeah. one of those. Technically, I can still be in the race, and like, okay, yeah. I mean, the, the closest they came was him, like dissing him in front of the other kids with the catfish lines, right? Other than that, so yeah, he he made four kids chuckle. That doesn't make a whole town okay with you being a sea monster, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's uh, just my tips. <laughs> what about what about you, Dan? Do you have anything else? I mean, not not super much more to add than than we've said already. I I think it, it's definitely like the the biggest bummer of the whole thing is like how much feels like could have been there, but I'm not upset with what was there. I think I think that's a that's honestly a very good way to put it. That I think I that's kind of how I've been thinking as well because. Like, this cast is great. It's small. But, like, you have people like Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan playing off each other as husband and wife. Like, that's 
that feels so great and they did a great job but it's like you know they did the great gags and they got into it with like throwing water but uh like you would think that Jim Gaffigan would kind of have like have a more fun role or just have more to do than being yeah, well, and a dad Maya Rudolph just fell into the every cartoon movie mom role over the pandemic yeah. well she did the same thing in uh, Mitchell's versus yeah. the machines yeah. and she, and she... Gr- did great in that and mm-hmm. uh um she did she was a, a mom in a different disney movie as well she's kind of been on a roll <laughs> with disney moms yeah. she's always welcome I, I always enjoy her totally but i mean she did feel a little un- i mean she felt a little undercooked in mitchell's and the machines too but that was clearly a, a father daughter was the the central relationship yeah, of that, that movie. that role is there to prop up that other relationship right yeah but she, I think she had still a little bit more meat in that role than this one. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. It's nice to hear. They're every. I mean, you could say that about everybody outside the main three. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this is completely unrelated. Um, so I was looking at my Rudolph because I was trying to on uh, Wikipedia. I was trying to remember what other like animated movies she's did. Did you guys know she's married to Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> what a yeah, world. For, for a long time now too. Yeah. Yeah, since two thousand one. That's yeah. That's that's great. I'm happy for her. Um, she been in any of his movies? I don't think so. Outside, no. I mean, I, I don't think there's any crossover there. Nah. Ah, good for them. It, it is fun to Either hear her thing. like in interviews, just like casually refer to him as Paul, and it's like I know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh wait, she was in Inherent Vice. Okay, okay. Everybody, I, I, everybody, I didn't see that one. <laughs> everybody was in that movie. It was four hours long. I don't think any. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a Paul Thomas <laughs> Anderson movie. Uh, yeah, they just actually, let, yeah, they just let everyone in, in Hollywood <laughs> pop in for a scene. I can't remember. Like, that story was hard to follow, if I recall. I only saw it the one time. It's an unfilmable book or something like that. Yeah, that's what they say. And that maybe they proved it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in a similar headspace with you guys. I. I think initially when this was over, I was like, I don't really know what to feel about this. Like, I honestly wasn't sure what I, what we were going to talk about today. But I think in retrospect and hindsight, there's just a lot of niceness here. And uh, like, it's just a sweet, smaller movie. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is Pixar trying to step out of its like, uh, like, oh, we do epics and tearjerkers. Like, them trying to scale back a little bit especially with banking on a uh a, a newer director um but yeah uh so with that being said let's let's get in and rate this um so uh we rate everything on a scale of zero to five you can be as like minute specific with your number as you like and then we'll average it together and uh rate it so uh uh david if you'd like to go first what would you uh rate luca I gave it a two and a half on Letterboxd out of five. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, I, two and a half. It, I consider that watchable. <laughs> it's right in the middle, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I, I don't have any desire to go back to it, but it was fine. It was a fine movie. I was hoping more since I would have to talk about it for an hour, <laughs> but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. If, if you're if you're home tonight and you're wondering what to watch, you can watch Luca. I won't tell you not to. You, you will get mad at anybody that chooses <laughs> yeah. to watch Luca. What did I tell you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Dan? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go and stick to my, my letterboxed review number here, and I'm going to go with the four. I, I, I gave it a solid four star. I like, it's just a world I liked being in. And like, I, I didn't mind that it was so small because it was like so, everything was so heartfelt. And like seeing a, a relationship between friends and who knows what else going on, but having it all just kind of presented as like, no, this is just what the story is. I thought that was pretty cool. Like it, there, there's there's more happening than it seems like is happening throughout this movie, but still not enough for like the full five. But like beautiful world, fun story. Like I, I like that it, it let itself just be weird in place of plot. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. Um, I'm I'm kind of I think uh, basically in the middle of you two. I'm giving it a three point four nine two. I don't know where those numbers came from, but like a lot no, of these was, numbers, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that kind of feels right. Um, uh, yeah, I, like, I kind of like I give, that. Cause... I give it a, I give it a pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if not quite three and a half, because three and a half feels like a very specific thing. So three point four nine. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a tau squared. Um, <laughs> yeah, three and a, like, three and a half is critically acclaimed. I mean, so yeah, it it could fall just short of that, right? Yeah, uh, like, and uh, on my letterbox, it's number 13 for me out of like the all Pixar movies and um yeah it's kind of at the bottom of some of the like classic age stuff um but uh, yeah I, th- I think it does what it does well I it's definitely better than Onward which uh came out last year that we talked about last week it's not as beautiful and epic as Soul but this this feels like a promising new direction for that's, the studio. that's what I was going to add there. Yeah. Like it, if this is like kind of an image of where they're going, I'm excited. Like it's not just because it felt very much like they've been spinning their wheels and like, how do we just tell the same type of story over and over? And like, this is at least a departure from that and still entertaining. So like, I, I do hope there is like a continuation in this direction. Totally. And they, they have some movie coming up, uh, called turning red reading it right now which i don't yeah. know a whole lot and then uh later next year there's gonna they're gonna be doing that uh like uh buzz lightyear origin movie which oh right with uh what's his name chris, chris evans chris evans i think either evans or helmsworth i forget um but uh chris evans okay one of the Chris's. I'm, I'm reading this turning red and it seems like a reverse brave uh, it, it's 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 still based on the mother daughter relationship, except okay. Whenever she gets too sighted, the teenage like I guess it's like oh the growing changes of a teenager. Except this one, when she gets excited, it turns into a giant red panda. Okay, I mean uh, that that sounds also very Miyazaki inspired as well. It's uh, so it's like an allegory for puberty or whatever. I I feel like it's going to be more towards Inside Out than Brave with that description. Well, yeah, I mean, just the turn one of them turning into a bear, mother daughter relationship. Well, yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just screen shared the artwork. If that's like the first look, like I'm I'm excited. That looks that looks a lot of fun. If that's kind of the energy that we're going to be having. Yeah, I I tend to go in wary of of human movies with Pixar, but right, I, I'm I'm not with that picture. It Legit. looks like a yeah. Um, but here, crunching the numbers, um, this is a weird spot that Luca is in. So, 
Um, I need to like explain what the two movies around it are because they're very obscure. So, okay. Luca, uh, we're giving it a combined score of 3.3306, which puts it right above the Disney Channel original movie, The Swap, which is basically Freaky Friday, but it's uh, like gender swap, which was very uh, interesting. And then it's right under Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which is... Oh, I love that movie. I've okay. never seen either of these. Actually, so, I don't know if I love that movie, but when when I was on before and you were asking me what movie I wanted to do, I almost said that one. It's of the same era as Shaggy D.A. And it's like, those are the movies I watched growing up. Yeah, it's like the, like, right after Walt Disney died and they were just like, I guess we're just going to do like weird live action movies that nobody <laughs> can relate to. Um, but yeah, uh, but guys, th- thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun and I'm oh, glad thanks that for having me. Uh, we got to talk Pixar. So you guys have your podcast uh, the Rank Bank. Uh, uh, tell us what that's all about. Um, it started basically with sports names because pandemic happened in the span of a week. Two teams, like we got two new names and we're like, hey, let's just rank all the names. And then we had fun with it. So we're like, all right, now let's just start ranking everything. And yeah. uh, we really we really reached peak ridiculousness uh, with our one that's coming out this upcoming Monday, I think same time this releases. Oh, great. Uh, we have Kirk Griffiths on, and we ranked the letters of the alphabet. Jesus Christ. It, it is no <laughs> it might lie, be my, it might one, be one of the of my best favorites. episodes we've ever done. <laughs> we all had such different criteria for why we ranked the letters where we yeah, did. We it, we, le- we joke about it a lot on the episode, but I feel like we legit learned things about each other because yeah. of where we put <laughs> letters of the alphabet. Like, Holy shit. So that's yeah, amazing. I, I, I definitely that. definitely go to that episode. Yeah, that's a good place to start, even because like it's it's what this show is at its best, and also I, yeah, it's so silly. It, it, it made me really want to full on embrace the weird more. Yeah, yeah. Because at oh, first you, you got to go. Yeah, like, when Kirk suggested it, I was that's stupid, and it took me twenty seconds of thinking about it. Be like, I am fully on board with this. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see like your spreadsheet that you had to make to try to like empirically rank a bunch of letters. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a pros and cons for all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had so many weird notes in that. <laughs> yeah, I just started jotting down every pop culture thing I could attach to it. That's so like, great. Uh, QAnon, but yeah. bad. Right. <laughs> but Questlove, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah yeah definitely that's it's a really fun bizarre podcast and yeah it's so it com- they come out uh on mondays yes yep. cool so double feature kid flicks and rank bank um can't wait yeah, uh, yeah thank you guys for coming on again um and as always uh you can find kid flicks on every podcast app uh rate and re- review us where you listen to help us and uh yeah that is all for today we will hear you in a fortnight and go go gadget and show